Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, visit them at a ham fest near you or call 920-435-2973 or online at pl-259.com. It's Ham Radio. Hey, good evening, everyone. It's Sam Talk Live, episode number 122 on System Fusion, recorded live on Thursday, July 5th, 2018. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Corey Sickles, WA3UVV, and we'll take your calls live in a few moments. Uh, last week, Marty Silloway, KC1 uh, Chicken with Fries, and Don Greenbaum, N1DG, uh, who was live from Baker Island. Uh, they were here to talk about the Baker Island de-expedition. And uh, they did go QRT today, uh, made a lot of uh, contacts. And so now they uh, have begun the teardown process and uh, believe tomorrow will uh, begin the journey home. Uh, but if you missed that show, you can listen anytime. Just go to hamtalklive.com and bring it up there. Or you can listen to one of our podcast editions over on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your favorite app. And we're also over on YouTube. Uh, so get your questions ready to go. After the interview, you can call us. I'll go ahead and give you the phone number, but it's not time to call just yet. Uh, it's 812 812- net ham one that's eight one two six three eight four two six one or you can skype us uh, we're ham talk live on skype and of course you can tweet us we're at ham talk live on twitter uh this summer we're giving away some prizes to people who call in on the telephone lines so thanks to radio waves for donating a 40 meter 40 meter uh, double bazooka and Heil Sound for donating an MCOM headset, foot switch, two autographed Bob Heil ham radio manuals, and a bag. So each night at the end of the show, I'll pick a call of the night. So just be sure to call in when it's time, and who knows, you may win one of our prizes. So uh, make sure you stick around for that. And, um, yeah, if this were WKRP in Cincinnati, uh, somebody would call in and, and ask, why didn't Comcast send us an email telling us that the internet was down? Um, so if you don't have internet, I'm not sure how you're supposed to get that email. But anyway, uh, 
yeah, we've got a Comcast outage here. I've been without internet for the last three hours. So uh, we're doing this uh, by cell phone uh, internet tonight. So hopefully that holds up. So if we suddenly disappear, that's probably what happened. So just wanted to let you know about that. And also uh, one other reminder, uh, don't forget that next week the show is at 8 o'clock in the morning instead of 9 o'clock at night. That's because we're going to be on German time and uh, we'll be coming to you live from WRTC. Ed Durant, DD5LP, will be our engineer on hand to uh, bring some people to us to interview and talk to and take calls from and to. Um over in Germany at WRTC next week. So again, special time, 8 a.m. next Thursday uh, instead of 9 p.m. So I'll be back with Corey, and we'll talk about System Fusion right after this word from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. Hey, honey, have you seen the PL259s anywhere? No, I haven't. Come on, kids. Let's go. There's just one place to go for all of your connector needs. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. A giant warehouse of connectors and adapters for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And they have antennas, soldering supplies, cables, meters, and more. Where do you go if you want to buy a connector at a fraction of retail cost? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine solder-type PL259s. Get the 10th one for just one penny. They make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a PL259. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Hi, I'm Scott Cole, KB9 AMM, president of Tower Electronics. I like the company so much that I bought it. Tower Electronics, coming to a ham fest near you or online at pl-259.com. And we're in the yellow pages under Amateur Radio Connectors. My, wherever did you get that lovely PL-259? Tower Electronics, pl-259.com, or call 920-435-2973. Do we sell PL-259 connectors? It's not the amount of power, it's the size of our tower. Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for bringing the show to you again tonight. Coming up this weekend, they'll be in South Milwaukee at the Oak Creek, Wisconsin Ham Fest on the 7th. And then next month, August 5th, Berryville, Virginia. August 11th, Huntington, West Virginia. And then August 18th and 19th, they'll be at Huntsville, Alabama. But you can visit them anytime at pl-259.com. Well, tonight our guest is Corey Sickles, WA3UVV. He's from Uniontown, Pennsylvania, and was first licensed as a novice in 1974. Today he holds an extra-class license and is active on HF, plus many of the VHF and UHF bands. He has worked as a television producer to create broadcast, marketing, fundraising, documentary, and instructional programming. 
as well as providing broadcast engineering and communications consulting services. He's written many magazine articles and columns over the years for various uh, CQ magazine publications. And for the past few years, he's written Digitally Speaking, a monthly column for the Spectrum Monitor magazine. Uh, Corey is the Western Pennsylvania ARL section's public information coordinator, and he's a member of the Gloucester County Amateur Radio Club, W2MMD, the New Jersey QRP Club, Gloucester City Amateur Radio Club, NJ2GC, Uniontown Amateur Radio Club, W3PIE, the Monongila Wireless Association, W8MWA, the Straight Key Century Club and Vintage Computer Federation as well. And uh, it can often be found on one of the many reflectors, talk groups, or rooms on digital voice radio. So, Corey, thanks for joining us on the show tonight. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you. And I think I... I, th- I think I messed that up too. Was it Mon- Monongila? Monongalia. Monongalia. Now you have you have to tell the story you told me about the name. Um, as the legend goes, the intent was that it was supposed to be Monongahela County, uh, like Monongahela River, Monongahela Valley in Pennsylvania, but the court clerk apparently did not know how to spell Monongahela not aware that she was spelling it incorrectly so she sent the paperwork in as monongalia um and the name of course stuck once the uh proceedings were filed well there you go so ah wonderful wonderful things there well anyway here on the show we've we've done d star we've done dmr we haven't done system fusion. So tonight I wanted to, to cover system fusion a little bit. So tell us about system fusion and what it is and how it works. Okay. System fusion is one of five different digital voice or TV methodologies that hams are able to use in North America. Um, there is uh, D store and DMR. You mentioned there's also P 25, um, what am I forgetting? Nexden and XDN, which was a, co- a cooperative effort between ICOM and Wood. ICOM marks it in its, uh, markets it as IDAS and uh, Kenwood as NexEdge, no T. Uh, and essentially, uh, you have three of those that come to us from the land mobile world. Only D Store and System Fusion were designed by hams for hams. Uh, P25 goes all the way back to 1990, D-Star 2004, DMR 2006, and then in 2014, System Fusion um, gets its full release. Uh, When it first came out on the market, people were very curious about what it was and wondering why Yesu decided to create something completely different instead of going with some other things, and there were a lot of rumors with stuff. Uh, I was probably one of those people as well that <laughs> wondered what they were doing. And at that time, all they had was just the uh, the FT1DR portable on the market. And they had, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm curious, and I waited a little while uh, before I took a trip to the hip to uh, see if I wanted to play around with one of these radios. And when they announced the the mobile radio and the repeater was coming, 
I figured, okay, they've gotten serious about this. I may as well see what it was like. And a friend I talked into doing the same thing, and I, because uh, you know from the toy walkie-talkies, you've got to have two to make them any fun. Uh, we each bought one, and we were heavy D-Star users in South Jersey. We used to have a uh, eight-county D-Star network, um, as a matter of fact, that was uh, uh, really quite nice. And now today, it is uh, a system fusion uh, network. But when we first heard the audio from fusion, uh, our, our technical analysis was, wow, uh, we were very impressed with the quality of audio. So one of the things with Fusion is that it is very high-quality video. It is extremely easy to configure the radios, uh, extremely easy to configure repeaters and networking. Uh, in a way, it's kind of the Macintosh of the digital voice world, um, and that there's a lot going on behind the scenes. But as a user, uh, you really don't have to be involved in all of the, uh, the moving parts uh, with it. And probably the genius move that Yesu did with System Fusion was the inclusion of analog. Whereas other methodologies um, would include analog on a local basis with the ICOM's implementation of D-Star, they decided to go digital only, uh, which meant that most of their repeaters went UHF because a lot of clubs didn't want to give up their two-meter, um, you know, uh, sort of intercom, you know, happy club member FM uh, connections. Uh, nobody loses that analog. They get digital, and they get to hold on to that throughout the the product line and the and the infrastructure. So not only do you have a mix of analog and digital possible on the same repeater locally, you have it in interconnected repeaters. We have. Uh, wireless nodes through the wires x system uh, that we see i'll talk about that in a little while both digital nodes and analog and there are hybrid rooms where the two intermingle now certainly the analog audio isn't as crisp and clean as digital but uh, you can still intermingle those things together so uh, that in a nutshell is, is really it it's, it's high quality audio um, ease of use and configuration and uh, for one support of analog. Okay, now you talked a little bit about that, that the Fusion has a little higher audio quality than, than some of the others. Um, how do you go about trying to, to really tell the difference in, in all of these? They, they all do some things that are similar, yet they all have some advantages and disadvantages so how do, how do you com just walk us through all all of those and, and kind of compare okay what does this one do that that one doesn't okay uh, any of these by the way i consider to be a uh, very nice improvement over digital uh, the fried eggs and the uh, you know civil yeah issues and things like that uh, you don't have with, with digital. It's it's there or it's not there. Uh, one of the things that is nice to have in um, the different methodologies is forward error correction, where basically you are um, looking at something that dissipates and can correct um, errors if you have any dropouts while you're in motion. 
so that you don't get artifacting and, and things like that. And um, those have been called things like R2-D2 or Turkey Talk. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. And Heard some of that on that, HF this afternoon. Apparently oh, okay. somebody was using a remote station and it is like, uh, you know, WB, you know? Yeah. Well, sometimes those things will happen. Um, the advantages of certain things, one thing, let me, let me again, break it down a little bit. The part 90 or the land mobile methodologies, P25, DMR, and next in are designed for environments where users are not supposed to be making on the fly changes to the radio. You have a radio officer typically, or somebody that um, skilled and assigned those tasks to configure all the radios together and that sort of thing so that everybody knows what, you know, channel three is and, and that sort of thing. Um, hams, of course, see the world differently and we want to stick our fingers into everything that we can. Uh, with D-Store and Fusion, you can do that. So, and also those two methodologies pass call sign information Whereas the others pass a subscriber ID number. There's no call sign really there. So if you want to get into a network situation, you have to have a subscriber ID, and it needs to be a unique number. And that's one of the things you either have to register for, plan for, uh, in advance of configuring the radio. Uh, you may have heard the term code plug. Uh, this comes from, this from the LMR world. Really, it's a set of configurations and memories and things like that. We would, you know, just look at it as memory settings in the radio and, and your call sign being there. With, uh, I'm going to dance around a little bit, but I have a nonlinear mind, so it kind of works that way. All of these use a, a technology called C4FM or continuous four character FM modulation. Anyone who's played with RIDI in the past knows you had two tones, mark and space. You can kind of think of those as a C2 FM if you wanted to. Uh, with the four tones, again, there is better error correction and uh, integrity to the data packets going down the line. The one exception to C4 FM is D-Store, which uses GMSK, Gaussian minimum shift key. Um, all of them are single, sig yeah, single signal, except for DMR, which through time domain or, or time slicing in 30 millisecond slices back and forth, it allows for two slots. It's the, it's the little brother of a methodology that's used in Europe called Tetra, which uses four slots that fits within a 25K audio bandwidth, uh, analog audio bandwidth. Uh, DMR fits within 12 and a half. Uh, System Fusion is 12 and a half. D-Store and NextGen are six and a quarter, at least in the way that they are uh, implemented in the amateur radio. Uh, so the advantage of DMR is that you have this possibility of, of holding two conversations through the same repeater at the same time. However, uh, mind me that DMR comes to us again from Land Mobile. It originally, as specified, allowed up to 15 repeaters. Um, this is pretty big 
municipality. It's not so big when you're trying to connect dozens or hundreds of repeaters together worldwide in the world of amateur radio. Uh, having just a few channels on slot one and a few channels on slot two also works land mobile. But if you get into high traffic areas and you set up in those code plugs, which again, you've got to go back to a computer if you want to change some things around, stuff works great if, let's say, you're on the repeater on a slot one talk group and I want to be on a slot two, we coexist quite nicely. But if I also want to use a slot one talk group, then I have to wait just as I would with these others. So sometimes it's an advantage, sometimes it's not. Uh, what has propelled DMR in, uh, in recent years is a less expensive way of networking and an influx of very, very inexpensive and sometimes cheap ratings. Um, sometimes that do work as expected and sometimes that don't. <laughs> um, there, have been a, uh, there have been a number of hits and, and a number of misses along the way. They are getting better with those things, but still... Uh, you're basing something on, you know, uh, borrowing borrowing from something else. When I talk about quick um, configuration with the radio, if I buy a new Fusion radio, be it a portable or mobile, I first turn it on, it will ask me for my call sign. I punch that in with a pad or can, you know, move the wheel around, the VFO knob around and select. And once I have entered my call sign, that is all I need to do to be digital ready on both a local and a network level um, type of communication. So it, I don't know that it gets any simpler than that, um, you know, using the call sign as your unique identifier. Okay. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit here before we go to break. Um, if somebody does want to get on system, a system fusion repeater, what are they going to need? Okay, if the repeater is already there, they simply need a system fusion radio. Um, now, that's for digital. I'll, I'll back myself up for a moment. If they want to get on that repeater and it's operating in automatic mode select, then they can carry on a normal um, analog conversation on that repeater just fine. But if they want to go digital, then um, there are digital radios from Yesu. They have, at present, eight models in the lineup. There are four which are considered basic feature models, uh, two monobanders, the FTM3200 for VHF for two meters, the FTM3207, which is UHF, 70 centimeters. Then there's the FTM7250, which was, I think, first shown at Dayton this year. Uh, it's a dual bander, 50 watts each band. It's It's kind of as if... The 3200 and the 3207 had a baby. He would have ended up with a 7250 <laughs> as that offspring. And then a, a portable radio, the FT70, which when my wife became licensed last year, uh, that was the first radio that I got her. And uh, she keeps that in the car and, and likes it. She likes the simplicity of it and uh, easy to talk and nice and rugged. When you get into the more advanced radios, you have a... Uh, uh, sort of a shack-in-the-box radio, the FT-991A, which goes from 160 to 10, plus 6, 2 meters, and 440. All mode, including fusion, um, nice visual display with plenty of eye candy in the way of a pan adapter, waterfall, uh, things like that. And it also is nice 
if you like digital modes like FT8 JT65, in that it has a USB port on the but that you can just directly connect into your laptop without need for buying a uh, an external audio adapter uh, for things to set levels. So a lot of the uh, keyboard digital enthusiasts uh, like that. In the mobiles, there's the FTM100, which is a dual-band single VFO radio, and the FTM400, uh, which is a dual-band dual VFO. Both of those have APRS capabilities also, very nice APRS feature set, although it's easier to implement on the 400 because it is dual VFO. And then we get to the FT2DR portable, the grayscale touchscreen, dual VFO, dual band, and APRS. And also, excuse me, with the camera microphone, uh, an optional accessory the company sells, you can transmit pictures, which a number of Skywarn groups have found is uh, a nice thing to do. Okay, so if if you're uh, on still on analog, you can do analog. If you're on digital, those are the ones that uh, that you can use for fusion. So uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to open up the phone lines here and uh, check Twitter and and Skype and uh, see what questions you all have. And again, that phone number is eight one two net ham one eight one two. Six three eight four two six one. If you have a question for Corey, uh, we'll be back right after this word from the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting right here on Ham Talk Live. The National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting, located in Westchester, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, is only two minutes off I-75. The museum is the former home of the Voice of America Bethany Relay Station. Tours are now available every Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You can see the control room, a 200,000-watt transmitter, and the most comprehensive collection of inventions by the iconic Powell Crosley, Jr. Also on display is a huge antique radio exhibit and R.L. Drake's personal collection of most every Drake amateur rig ever made. This is a unique opportunity to see the amateur radio in action and have a chance to get on the air from WC8VOA. Admission is only $5 a person. The museum is located close to historic WLWAM and tons of shopping and restaurants. Take a trip to the VOA Museum or visit us online at voamuseum.org. CQ, CQ, CQ. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812 Net Ham 1. That's 812 638 4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
And it's time for your calls now. So if you have a question for Corey, give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype us at Ham Talk Live or tweet Ham Talk Live. And again, we will pick a call of the night and uh, give away uh, some prizes here this summer. So uh, we will uh, give away something here later on. And uh, Corey was going to talk about uh, what if you don't have a fusion repeater, but there, there's a familiar voice from my past that has called in, and his name is Neil, too. So, Neil Sly, welcome to Ham Talk Live. Hey, Neil. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, and, and put your call sign out there again. It's, it's been too long. <laughs> it's still KC9CJL. CJL, that's it. Okay, I, I knew, knew the first part, and I couldn't remember the, the end of it, but... Uh, Corey used to live here in town uh, several years ago, and uh, it's good to, good to hear him here tonight. But uh, we're talking about system fusion, so uh, why don't you go ahead and ask your question? Yeah, you know, I think maybe you've already alluded to it, but you know, as Corey alluded to earlier, uh, it's no fun if you've only got one walkie-talkie and you can't talk to anybody else on the other end. And so, sort of, you know, my main complaint about system fusion has just been. There don't there doesn't seem to be that many systems around, and maybe it's just a geographical thing, a regional thing, but it seems to me like the system fusion repeaters are expensive when you contrast that to DMR, wherein maybe there's a higher sort of barrier to entry technically. You know, things like code plugs exist for a reason. That's because it's difficult to program DMR radios. But my understanding is that a DMR repeater equipment would be a little less expensive than, say, um, system fusion repeater equipment. I was just wondering, you know, what his take on that was. Okay. And hi, other Neil, how are you? <laughs> um, yeah, actually you, you gave me a, a perfect segue into talking about repeaters because during the break I was, I was mentioning to, um, Neil, uh, that, uh, we haven't really discussed that part yet. So when the re first the radios came out and there wasn't a repeater and then there was, and the production repeater, there was a beta machine first to help get um, really product awareness and, and things like that with clubs for the, that wanted to try something new and, and, and be progressive um, with, with digital voice. The DR1X, which was the first production repeater, uh, came out and uh, many, many have been sold. Uh, it is, in fact, the most popular methodology in North America, I can't speak for the whole world, but um, some idea of what's going on in North America. And if you look at um, a nice website called Repeater uh, Book, yeah, repeaterbook.com, uh, you can find maps and, and listings for states and provinces and um, search by niche modes and things like that for all of this. Um, what Yesu did with the DR1X was they offered it at a pretty significant discount. This was a $1,900 repeater um, MSRP. And if you were a beta tester, you were able to buy one for $300. If you came in after that wave, it was discounted to $500. And then it became $600, um, I think, after some currency fluctuation. And when the DR2, which is a uh, an improved design over the DR1, uh, second receiver, you can actually transmit on a secondary frequency, another antenna, um, 
over-the-air control with a uh, control operator whitelist, um, quite a number of different features to it. It's more intelligence than what the DR1 had. They offered a trade-in program, which has been renewed and is in effect until the end of this year, I understand, that if you want to purchase, again, at discount, uh, a DR2X, the company gives you $600 in trade-in for your DR1X. Uh, so at worst, you're breaking even, and at best, you pick up a couple hundred dollars along the way, depending upon how early of an adopter you are. So now the company's taking in all these DR1s, Xs, and what they're doing to continue more growth is they're refurbishing them at the at the uh, California, and they are then offering them as the DR1 XFR or factory refurbished for only four hundred dollars. The amazing part to me was that they're offering it with a three-year warranty, just as if it were new. So, yes, you can build out of a couple of mobiles and an MMDVM-type board, uh, power supply, um, things like that. You can build a repeater, and I've, and I've done it. Um, I've actually homebrewed some system fusion repeaters very inexpensively. Uh, but I, you know, my technical skills go back several decades. Uh, it sound like I'm old. But for something that has a three-year warranty, $400 is hard to beat. That, absolutely, and that's that's very interesting. My understanding was just sort of you know very simple from the outside looking in. You know, DMR was cheap; the others were really expensive. But that that doesn't seem to be the case here at all. No, no. And if you radios, um, the monobanders and the FT seventy portable are all under two hundred dollars. Uh, again, with you know long warranties like that, the uh, Oh, the seventy-two fifty. I think street price is around two seventy, but don't quote me on that. Check with your favorite dealer and see. Um, so, you know, for what you're getting, those are inexpensive items as well. Uh, you know, if you look at a good DMR dual band portable right now, you're into that same money as what the FT seventy is. So, I think there's some some equity there um, as far as that. And the FT seventy is something that I can program on the fly. Um, again, my wife, uh, Debbie, as a notably new ham, uh, it's pretty easy for her to pick it up and just, you know, move around. Uh, she travels to uh, West Virginia every day for work, um, across the Mason-Dixon line from where we live here. And they have a different PL tone than what we use up here. And if she needs to make those changes, it's pretty easy for her to do things um, on the fly if she needs to. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I just—that I, was my only question or comment. I'm a huge fan of uh, the Spectro Monitor. I love your column as well. I love the magazine as a whole. And uh, thanks very much for taking my call. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate. Thanks that. for calling, Neil. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, other Neil. Talk to you guys soon. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're always <laughs> other Neil. That, that's how that works. So that uh, reminds me of a place um, I used to work where I was Corey, and we had the Anti Corey. The anti-Corey, wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> and then, then to confuse things more, we, we both worked at uh, at a, the same church, and we both worked in, in the media area, so it was oh, Neil my. and the other Neil, so yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. But if you have a question like the other Neil, 
And then I'm the other Neil when he's talking. Um, it's 812-NET-TAM-1, 812-638-4261. Give us a call. Uh, we'd love to uh, take your questions here. And uh, you can also tweet us. We're at HamTalkLive uh, there. And uh, you can Skype us, too. But, uh, if you'd rather use that instead of a telephone, you can use uh, HamTalkLive there on uh, Skype. Now, you, you were getting ready to talk about... You know, what if you don't have one of these repeaters? So now we we found out about some of these options that that are maybe a little cheaper than people thought um, for repeaters. So what if you you don't have one in your area? Okay, um, you know, and certainly it's easy to swap out one repeater for another one if you have an older analog repeater. Um, you can replace it with this thing. It's only two rack units high; doesn't take up all that much space. If it's a new repeater that you're looking to put into an area, um, you know, I always like to look around and say, do I really need a repeater uh, in this area? Uh, during the 70s, it was sort of a, you know, everybody, every club and, and every individual seemed to want to have their own repeater. Uh, and, we, and we ate up a lot of spectrum that way. With going back to, to those days, it was pretty easy uh, with a wink and a nod or maybe a, a case of beer or something like that to know somebody that had access to a tower and you could put up a decent antenna, some hard line, and uh, you or one of the members of your club could climb that tower and, you know, life was good. Today, to get access to a tower, you need typically insurance, a professional tower climber, and somewhere along the way, the company that owns the tower uh, is making money off of it, uh, and, and good money from a lot of clients. And when you approach them as an amateur radio club, uh, they really don't see you as this wonderful public service entity, somebody else that should be paying rent on a tower. So pragmatically, there are times where it becomes fiscally difficult. It's not about the cost of the repeater or even the duplexer, or, you know, the hard line and things like that. It's the ongoing expense of uh, a repeater somewhere. So enter the Wires X networking scenario, which allows you to network repeaters, first of all, remotely. You do not need to have an Internet connection up on top of the hill uh, at the end of a muddy road uh, to be able to network that repeater. You can do it remotely down in the valley in the safety of your home or office or anywhere you have a nice, you know, internet pipe. If you don't have the wherewithal to set up that repeater, the problems I just discussed, a WiresX node can provide you connections to the WiresX rooms and you can uh, select which one you want to have active through the keypad on your radio. If you have like a radio like the four, FDM 400, it's a nice visual color display there. Uh, if you have um, one of the monobanders or the FT70 portable, you just enter the numeric code for that room or node. And, and many of these things that I'm talking about, you can find off of Yesu's uh, website, uh, yesu.com, and uh, look for some of the system fusion things there. Uh, a node requires anything such as a FTM 100 or a 400 radio to be your node radio. 
Usually the 100 is used because it's less expensive and, and you're going to use it just as that node radio while the node's active. There's an HRI 200 node interface, which goes between the node and your computer. Computer can pretty much be a, a fast windbook, which are very inexpensive. I, I picked up a number of them in the $70, $75 range. And they have everything you need. There's a touch screen on those, so you don't have to worry about keyboard and mouse. Uh, it has all the I.O. ports that are necessary. And that can run the window, I'm sorry, the Wires X software um, on a Windows platform. And that takes care of your Wires X node. Um, this is one of the areas so that you don't have hidden transmitter syndrome where instead of the least amount of power, I do suggest you have all the radios set for higher power so that other folks in your neighborhood can hear that somebody is using the node and, and not step on them. There is a node configuration where you can have two radios uh, functioning something like a crossband repeater. Uh, it's very popular in Japan uh, where you have a population living in high rises and uh, many wires X nodes that uh, connect AMs throughout the country there. And we see this in a lot of metro areas. We're also seeing it in, uh, uh, you know, rural areas, uh, uh, more suburban, uh, things like that. And again, the cost is uh, not that much. And the coverage is usually what some people are after. And it gives them that connectivity for things. Um, one thing that people ask is, where is this all going? Uh, we have five different methodologies can be played with is, you know, they're going to be one that stands out. Uh, I don't know that technically one is going to uh, beat out the others. I think market demands are going to do that. Uh, that looks good for stuff like system fusion. But what's really nice is in these networks that have been set up, both WiresX and some other uh, thing, group bridges and things like that, I can use a, let's say, an FTM 400 fusion radio in uh, one of these networks with something like, so this is an open standard, uh, along with all of the others, uh, an open spot, a zoom spot. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm leaving product names out, and I don't mean to. It's just there are so many of them on the market that you can have as personal points of presence or hotspots on your own. And with these, I find myself talking to somebody who has a DMR radio. And on my display, instead of a call sign, I will see their subscriber ID. Or a D-Star radio can pop up, or a P25. And within the networks, you now have this concept, uh, to steal from the Star Trek uh, world, of the universal translator. So now, you're looking at, what do I want in the way of audio quality? And what do I want my terminal radio experience to be? Uh, do I want something with a color touch screen, or am I happy with something that just has uh, 32 um, channel talk group you know, combinations set up that doesn't have a display at all? Those are different possibilities that are there from, from one of the extremes to the other. And, and I think with these, these bridges and rooms and um, you know, uh, connectivity, that we have within the networks, I don't know that it's going to be all that important that there be just one standard. 
Um, and I, I often tell people, it's not a religion. You don't have to pick just one. Uh, somebody asked me the other day how many digital voice radios I have. And I said, well, I have something for every you know, methodology that's arrived. And I started to count. And it became embarrassing when I got to 30. <laughs> and I thought, wait, 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 wait a minute. How, how, how did I buy this many radios? When did I get this radios? Why did I buy, you know, but of course, you know, do I, did I need, do I need another radio? Well, of course you do. It's ham radio. Of course. And, and that's what has happened between a collection of mobiles and portables. I have 30 radios that cover P25, next in DMR, D-Store, and Fusion. Wow. So now with bridges, you might be able to sell some of those, right? And then you can buy uh, more. Then you can then buy can more buy radios. More. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because nobody's standing still. You know, all this all this stuff oh, continues to goodness. move on. Wow. Well, Corey, we're just about uh, out of time here, um, so we want to finish things up. But I uh, appreciate you coming on and and giving us a good uh, technical comparison of, of all of these different technologies and, and, of course, focusing on System Fusion tonight and uh, making people a little more aware of, of what's going on out there. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. All right. Well, thanks uh, for doing that. We appreciate it. And um, that's our guest, Corey Sickles, WA3UVV. And uh, I guess our our call of the night goes to the only call of the night. That's Neil Sly, KC9CJL. And tonight's prize is a BM17 dual-side headset for MCOM from Heil Sound. So, uh, Neil, I'll get with you and uh, and get that shipped out to you. And uh, congratulations on that. And all summer long, we'll be giving away various items from Radio Waves and from Heil Sound. So uh, congratulations to you on that. And um, we'll get that out to you. So that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Corey Sickles, WA3UVV, and everyone out there in cyberspace for listening and calling in. And I'll invite you back next Thursday. But remember, it's a special time, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 1200 Zulu, uh, when Ed Durant, DD5LP, will bring us some of the organizers and competitors live from the World Radio Sport Team Championship Hotel in Wittenberg, Germany just before the opening ceremony. So uh, you and I will have a chance to talk uh, to all of them with Ed's help. And uh, so we hope that you will call in for that as well. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, be sure to visit hamtalklive.com. And if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. That just helps people find us uh, a little bit faster. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375. And as always, may the good DX be yours.